today. Today we're going to talk about the pride and pitfalls of cynicism and being the sardonic one. The reason I want to do an episode on this is Matthew Perry, who played Chandler Bing on Friends, recently had a biography or he wrote a memoir. And in the memoir, uh, he doesn't come off too gracious. He, he gives a lot of shade to Keanu Reeves. And he doesn't shade any of his fellow cast members because they really helped him through all his drug and alcohol addictions. But I don't think it's from what I've read of it and excerpts and highlights. I don't think he comes off very charitable in it. But Chandler Bing reminds me of the kind of the quintessential sarcastic guy. And back when I was in college, when Friends was on, a lot of my friends and I wanted to be Chandler. Like, Joey was kind of the bohunk who got all the, the girls, but Joey was a moron, so no one really wanted to be Joey. Ross was the neurotic Jew, and he was just kind of the mangina. And so Chandler was pretty effeminate, but he was witty. But he was very sarcastic. And so definitely when I was younger in my college years and in my 20s, I was definitely more sarcastic than I am now. And in retrospect, I think sarcasm is a front for, I think it's a front for, for trauma. And I think it's a, a, a humor that's at the expense of others. I don't think either of these statements are revelatory in any way, shape, or form. I think pretty much everybody knows this. But sarcasm, when you step back, even though maybe you like to be around sarcastic people or you think it's cute to be sarcastic, sarcasm kind of comes from a mean, bitter place. Because it isn't like a type of humor that, it's the type of humor that comes at the expense of other people. Or you just come off very flippant and disrespectful. And so there's, there are people who love to be around sarcastic people and their fellow sarcastics. They have that sardonic wit. I've just noticed that the older I get, I don't really want to be around these people, and I don't like to be around that, those people, and I don't like to be that person. And I would tell you that if you're sarcastic, certainly it's quite normal because uh, you know a lot of people are sarcastic, and I think there are some people who have a kind of like the pride of sarcasm, meaning that they think that sarcasm is the only way to express wit. Now, wit is important. It is a quality that men should have. It's a quality that women find attractive in men. I think that the wittiest examples would be someone like Oscar Wilde, but given that we're so literally stupid and we don't know anything about, you know, we're not we're not part of the intelligence here, the cognizant here. I can't think, think, think that a lot of people know who Oscar Wilde was or the kind of wit that he had. Mark Twain was, of course, an exceedingly witty person, but even someone like, like uh, James Bond, right? James Bond was kind of considered witty. And so wit is a sign of high IQ because the ability to retort and respond with a clever quip demonstrates that you're an intelligent person because an unintelligent person wouldn't be able to come back with a comeback because you can easily come back with a kind of primitive Philistine comeback as F you, you know. They always tell you that. How do you know when you win an argument when the other person starts attacking you with, with profanity or name-calling? But with wit, it's a high-level thing. So it is possible to be witty without being sarcastic. And I think it took me time to figure this out in my 20s. So I would tell you, look in the mirror. And if you are a sarcastic person, I would, I would really tell you that you're probably dealing with some childhood trauma that caused you to kind of be that jerk because sarcastic people are kind of jerky. Now, if you look at Chandler, if you guys watch Friends, 
Chandler admitted later on that he used sarcasm to to mask his pain. And in fact, there was that episode where Fisher Stevens, who played who was Michelle Pfeiffer's real life husband, comes on in season one or two, and he dates Phoebe, and he's a therapist. And at the beginning. They like him, but then he starts psychoanalyzing the other five people, and they all turn on him, and then eventually he starts psychoanalyzing Phoebe, and then she's like, yeah, it's over. But sarcasm is just, it's its not pleasant to be around. Now, concomitant to that, I would tell you, is cynicism. Now, if you look at the spectrum, optimism, idealism is like, oh, I wish the world was like this, you know, lollipops and like like the uh, chocolate factory in Willy Wonka, you walk in and everything's made out of chocolate. You know, why can't we just go into malls and take things? Why does money have to exist? And then the next thing on the gradation would be kind of like uh, optimism. And then, then in the middle would be realism. Then below that would be maybe cynicism and then pessimism. And I would tell you, being cynical is something that I deal with. I struggle with this. I look at the fruits of the Holy Spirit, which are listed in Galatians 5. These are the things that we should try to pursue. So you, in there you see patience, kindliness, stuff like that, generosity. And I tend to see the world as half glass, glass half empty. I truly do. And I think a lot of this stems from my childhood trauma, which I mentioned, of course, in Confessions of an Obi Child, how I did see the worst of mankind growing up. And I think, though I lost the weight, it tinted my view of mankind, womankind. And I was I wouldn't say I'm a misanthrope, somebody who hates people. I don't hate people at all. But I would certainly say that I am a cynic. I don't trust people. I wouldn't say I don't trust everybody. I trust my mother. But like when I meet people or when I meet people in business or like if a sales guy, real estate person or whatever person comes up to me, I just think they're looking for a buck and they're wanting to manipulate me and I just don't trust them. I just see the worst in everybody. Now, I have been blessed with being able to read people pretty well. Now, those, of, those people who are very idealistic or don't read people really well and or both, would, would see my cynicism as being exceedingly negativistic and can be a downer. I would say that, well, because you just don't read people well, and actually most people don't have your best intentions at play. And look, you could say this is from red pill interactions with the opposite sex. You could say what it is, but I think most of it comes from my childhood trauma. I just don't trust people. So I am a cynic. And here's the problem with being a cynic. You can take a lot of pleasure in being a cynic, like, oh, cynics know better, we see everything, we don't trust anybody, everything's BS, oh, lies, 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 lies. But ultimately, a couple points. No one wants to be around a cynic because you just bring negativity to everything. You're negative on everything. No one wants to be around that. My mother is notoriously negative. Everything out of her mouth is negative. And people who know me, and they know my mom, they're like, you're just like your mother. And I would say that I am cynical and I am negative, but I don't think I'm nearly as bad as my mother. I could be wrong. But I, I can recognize that cynicism is not a way to attract people. People are not attractive to cynical people. Maybe at the beginning they're okay with it, but eventually it gets tiring. Like You, it, you don't want to be around people that always see the worst in mankind that are negative. And in, in, in the flip, the transverse is true. Like we want to be around funny people, maybe not idealistic people, uh, 
like if you think of the movie Dinner with Schmucks, Steve Carell's character, like he was kind of a moron, but like an idealistic moron who doesn't know he's a moron. I don't know if we want to be around those types of people, but we want to be around people that make us laugh. Funny people, because funny people laughing is good for us and it makes us feel good. So we want to be around funny people. And we just laugh and we get those endorphins and it just makes us have like a kind of a pink tinge on our rose-colored spectacles. But when you're around people who are cynical, it really is taxing. And I can recognize this as a cynical person. I can recognize that, yes, maybe people don't want to hang out with me when I'm getting really cynical. And so I have to make a concerted effort not to be cynical. That's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit that I need to work on. They need to, St. Paul needs to add that as one of the fruits is not to be cynical, to be optimistic. But it's difficult for me because of just my, my past. My past. But like with all things about the past, we have to overcome them. We don't control the, the hand of cards that were dealt with, so to speak, but we have to do the best with the cards that we're given, right? So we have to make lemonade out of lemons. And so the loser mentality, which I've talked about in a previous episode, is just like, this is the way I am. Nothing's going to change. No, I need to make a concerted effort to be less cynical. Not because I alienate people per se, but just because it's not healthy to always see the worst in mankind and society. And also there's such an arrogance and hubris to cynicism because you think you can see, it's It's like conspiracy theorists, right? They are the only ones that see the truth and everyone else are morons. And you can almost go down that road with cynicism. Like, oh, these idealists, they just don't see the world for the way it is, and only I do. So you have to be careful not to fall for that. And so for me personally, it's, it's that my, my background gave me this kind of tinge on outlook on the world, but I have to do something to not be cynical and to be, you know, at least short-term, move more to the left and become a realist. And then maybe in 10 years I could be an optimist. Guys, post in the comments. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, please post a review on Spotify or Apple. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal to make a donation. Then one's for the website to check out all the previous episodes. And lastly, please subscribe and share this podcast, Female Holistic Health Apothecary, Professions of the Industry. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man Podcast. Please subscribe or follow the channel right now and consider donating via the PayPal link to support this important apostolate. Check out the website, naturopathicearth.com by clicking on the link in the episode notes where you'll find hundreds of articles and recipes that'll guide you to long-term holistic health. Until next time, music courtesy at Nine Inch Nails.